Tantrum House Board Gaming Podcast is recorded live from Studio WKRD in Greenville, South Carolina. This podcast is brought to you by our friendly local game store, Boardwalk, purveyors of fine games. Bezier Games, the new classics. AEG, we make fun. The Game Steward, your second chance at Kickstarter games. And Game Toppers, LLC, upgrading your gaming experience. Your hosts are here to help you sort through the cardboard commotion to help you find the diamonds in the rough. So buckle up. Especially if you're driving right now, because you're about to arrive at the Tantrum House. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Today we got Will Meadows. Sarah Meadows. Kevin Delp. Melissa Delp. And Ryan Pills. In the house. Kevin and Melissa are back. What? So I don't even know if we said this on the episode. Maybe we did. Uh, Kevin and Melissa got to hang out in London across the pond for a little while last week, and they are now back in the States hanging out with us for game night and podcasts. Tell us of your tales of adventure, y'all. Is that what they say over there? Y'all? No. No y'alls? No, no, no y'alls over there. Um, well, long flight. About an eight, <laughs> nine hour flight to get over there. But Did you watch anything good on the plane? We watched The Lost City from the, Sandra, City. the Sandra Bullock rom-com. Oh. <laughs> great, great. And then you took a nap. <laughs> um, let's see. So London, we packed a ton of stuff into about eight days over there. Saw... All sorts of historical sites, Windsor Castle, Kensington Palace, Tower Bridge, Tower of London, St. Paul's Cathedral, Westminster Abbey. Big Ben. I saw the Big Ben picture. Big Ben. It was technically not Big Ben. I mean, it is technically Big Ben. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We saw three plays. We saw Back to the Future, the musical. What? We saw the play that goes wrong and the longest running play in, I think, UK, maybe the world, it's called The Mousetrap, Agatha Christie's. Oh. 28,000, we were... We, I think it was 26,000. 26,776 play number, like, it's been going on Whoa. for a long time. Is each program printed with, like, the number? Yeah, of, well, oh. not the program, but when you walk in, it has, a, like, a... Ticker. Little ticker, <laughs> where it's, like, little blocks. So oh. I'm says no, someone's changing that number every performance. Full-time job, just to change. <laughs> but it's been going on since, like, the 1950s. That's incredible. It's, like crazy how long it's been going on no i think i already asked you this question and you didn't have an answer so i'm gonna ask you again <laughs> what was your favorite like what's the highlight thing oh every day i had a highlight of each day so we don't want to go all eight highlights <laughs> but i know melissa maybe top um, i know you guys are hard well at, we did it's hard to rank them go to the studios where they filmed harry potter ah. so that was a really interesting tour because they had a lot of the original props and costumes and they showed some of the special effects and the designs and people's drawings and the paper All like the behind the scenes cool stuff things. So that was really interesting if you're a Harry Potter fan to kind of get the behind the scenes oh, look. Oh, speaking of that, they had a whole like showcase of the guy who was in charge of graphic design mm. for all for the whole like show. And I had took a picture of it to show you. I was like, oh, that's cool. The guy was like, this is just was amazing just to do the graphic design. I bet. For, and to know that it was one guy who had all that power. That's right. incredible. Yeah, because they're making all those maps and signs and all of Newspapers the... Newspapers and yeah, yeah, everything. Wow. So that's it, very it cool. was pretty cool. Um, afternoon tea was fun. Yeah. We decided to go a little bit more. Like you can do like a 
$20 afternoon tea, you know, a little, little bit more expensive afternoon tea. You get the so cucumbers just, and the cream cheese right, with that so one. We did like the little bit more expensive one. And I think we picked a good one. There's, I mean, almost everybody is doing an afternoon tea. So that was enjoyable. Yes, the scones were very good. Yeah, so um, let's see some things that were funny that happened on the trip. Great, because that's what I was going to say. I always enjoy talking about the weird stuff. <laughs> uh, well, number the, what uh, did you not anticipate? Well, the weird thing was, well, I knew that they drove on the left, mm-hmm. right? But they walk on the left. They everything is on the left. Even when you go to the bathroom, every like when we go to the bathroom, the flushers on the, the flushers left. on the left. I think my flushers on the left, and the <laughs> toilet paper is on the oh, left. Oh, that's too. crazy! So everything is like, and you so you're always like, fl- oh no, not there. Left hand, like little things like that. Um, was kind of was kind of just funny, weird. Yeah. So going down steps and things, it's always like, which stairways do I use? <laughs> and then some people actually are doing it on the right, but a lot of people are on the left. So. Probably Americans getting it wrong. How many times did you get surprised by the water? <laughs> oh, oh, one time. Yes. One, one time. So I was walking out of the hotel and I'm like, hey, do you have any bottled water? And the people behind us go, sure. And they gave me a bottle. I threw it in my backpack. We were going on a, like a day tour. So I was like, oh, it'd be nice just to have a bottle of water on the day. Like, because we were like traveling up through Oxford, Stratford upon Avon, Shakespeare's birthplace. I was like, oh, it'd just be nice to have like a bottle of water. So we like, I get on the bus and like later that morning i'm like oh, i get some water oh what is this and i knew about the sparkling water still water but i was assuming the hotel would have had just regular regular still water. old good old no. bottled water that was my only like it's it's it catches you you're not ready for it yeah kevin did a pretty good job though when we went to like little markets or the little grocery stores of making sure it said still before we bought any bottled water. <laughs> um, funny thing. Okay, so their metro underground, the tube, it, it actually is very well laid out, and we were right by several tube stations. Well, one of the days we were trying to get somewhere. We were trying to get to Baker Street, and it was a direct connection from our station to there, a couple stops. Going down the steps, you have to go down, down, lots of steps, and Kevin all of a sudden like starts Running down the steps. I was like, it's there. I see the... Like, it's like, leaving it's us. like literally like like steps away and like, oh, it just opened. It's there. We Let's, can make it. We can make it. So apparently Kevin thought I was much closer to him than I was. <laughs> and your legs so were longer. I, so I get to the bottom of the stairs. Kevin's on the train. And waving and at the door. <laughs> I am coming up to it and the door is shut like, oh, right no. in my face. And they don't, they're not like elevator right, doors. No. They don't hop back open. That is correct. So I'm on the platform waving as Kevin's <laughs> in the train getting taken yeah. off. I walk on to the tube um, and literally the people are like, Oh, that's one way of getting rid of her. <laughs> they saw it coming. And I turn. I literally turn around. The doors are closed. And there's Melissa waving. I was like, "Oh, well, no. we knew where we were going." So. Fortunately, right. yeah. So I wasn't nervous at all because we had been riding it, and I right. know how the stations work. I'm like, okay, I'll just I actually, ride it because it stops on like multiple stops. So right. I was like, I'm just gonna get off, on the, off the next. I one? actually hopped off the next stop. Waited for the th- like three or four minutes later. Right. Waited for the next one to come on and got on that one. Well, unbeknownst to me, yeah. Melissa was was on that train, but she decided to walk like to get three, closer to the three or four <laughs> train cars down. So we were on the same train, <laughs> different train. Cars. So I went towards the middle of the train because I'm like, if you're at the front and the front's full, then you know. But in the middle, you have lots of options. I didn't think that he would get off and get back. Wait for on. you, right? I thought yeah. he would just, you know, go to our destination. Meet you there. 
It's fine. We so you set up the same train together, not together. Not together. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's so. a good time. Oh, excellent stuff. So did you guys get, did you do any board gaming? Was there like board game Only tea? All, like, no, there was, um, there's a lot of like, so the, the interesting afternoon tea ones were ride one of those double decker bus teas. Oh yeah. Did not do that. That would have been interesting. And there was like a Harry Potter tea one as well. Right. Well, it wasn't licensed Harry Potter, but kind of magical where you're mixing potions. There was also, which we didn't end up doing, but a Sherlock Holmes themed one where you solve like a mini like deduction puzzles during your tea. There was also a Sherlock escape room, which we didn't do either. Three of the best things I ate. One was a cinnamon roll, which was, it was called a cinnamon social slice. And social slice. it was just really, they actually come in like these huge, like, I don't know. Almost loaves. loaves. So not like a circular cinnamon right. roll. That was a delicious breakfast. We actually went back to that place and got it again <laughs> another day. Uh, the second one, uh, we actually went to Borough Market, which was amazing. It was packed with all types of vendors and food and think like north market but like street like like all all over the different like outdoors outdoors okay yeah Yeah, pretty pretty cool um and we had there at at the borough market was what they call the raclette and it was this wedge of cheese that is like literally being melted and they scrape oh i've seen this scrape it off onto (laughs) little potato fingerling potatoes oh that was so good and just like watching them do it, yes. And I'm like, oh yeah, that was that was really good. And then my third favorite one was we went to a restaurant where they specialize in chocolate. So every dish that they serve has some sort of chocolate um, infused something. And I had a burger with a chocolate. Uh, I think it's a remoulade. Remoulade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. The, a jelly type. Yeah, of like a jelly on the. And then the fries also had a chocolate dipping sauce. Ooh. Oh, I'm surprised you didn't mention the lamb and rosemary. Uh, so pie. many good offers. That was good. That was good. The lamb and rosemary meat pie was good. Ooh, but meat pie. Meat pie. Getting traditional. I like yeah. it. Yeah. So that was very good, too. Okay. Now I'm four. hungry. That was great. <laughs> Did you oh. have anything favorite that you ate, Melissa? I'm not all that adventurous with what I eat. Most of it was good. There was there was one time fish when, and chips. You got those in there, right? We got the fish and chips in there, but there was one time I was like, oh, we were it was like we were leaving the next day, and we were at a place that I was thinking, oh, I could eat something more adventurous, but I was like, I'm gonna be on a plane for all day. <laughs> I probably should just keep it safe. Risk it. So I just like had a burger or something. I was like, oh, I could have like something exotic. Last try. But anyway, that was um, a quick tour of London. If you want to see more, you can. Go online. Look at your look personal Facebook page. <laughs> Kevin has lots of pictures on his Facebook page. Uh, cool. Well, good. Glad you guys got to get away and do some vacationing and enjoy, and we're glad to have you back. We've been playing some games here. Not too many, honestly. Without you guys here to motivate us, it's just sad cloud of... That's not true. We've oh, okay. all kinds of stuff this weekend. <laughs> well, what did we play, Sarah? What were some of your highlights from this week? Um, the kids were asking to play Fuzzy Logic over yeah. and over again, and... Lincoln doesn't enjoy games as much as the other. Like, he's not quite as enthusiastic as the other two are. And this was one he did very well. He actually did much better than adults. Yeah, yeah, I agree. We uh, played it recently on our Saturday morning board game show, and it's a word association game with two teams, and you are going back and forth. One guy is... 
the words are kind of associated with each other. So the clue that you're giving your team might be hot and the other person who's given their team a clue might be cold. And so you have to try to give clues that don't give too much information away because the other people might guess their word based on the clue that you gave if they can make that association. Mm -hmm. And Lincoln was really good at like figuring out, oh, their word is this, which means my word has to be that. That's cool. Mm -hmm. And it was impressive because, yeah, he was definitely beating adults to the punch on guessing which clues it was. It was was like work, play, and then like man, boy, or something like that. I was like, oh, this, it makes sense. Once you figure out what it could be, then it, I think it makes the game even more interesting. I wish I could think of the example. The one that he did last night was impressive to everybody at the table because everybody else was like, how did you even get that word? Do you remember what it was? No, leaving y'all hanging. I don't remember. It was like we'd given the first clue, second word, totally unrelated, but he managed to pull it off. I don't remember. Man, we'll put that in the comments later. It'll hit me at the end of the episode. Well, then do it at the end. Oh, we haven't talked about what we're talking about this episode, We have not. So in this episode, we are going to be talking about some of the games that we're most anticipating this summer. I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit about Origins in there as well, because that's that's wrapping up by the time you listen to this. That will have been last week. Sidekick Larry is actually at Origins this week, hanging out. And uh, I think some of the games that we are anticipating this summer, he's hopefully going to bring back with him from Origins. Um, and then I think we have a sponsor for the episode. We've definitely got some Kickstarters that we're going to talk about. Are we talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi in the after credits, Ryan? We can. I mean, are you caught up? Are you like in there with the uh, secret? I think there's only three episodes. So okay, yeah. so right I'm now okay with the first three. Episodes. Three. Let's do it. All right. Well, I think from here we can jump into our word from a sponsor. Two shout out sponsor sponsor time. This episode is sponsored by Banter Toys and Collectibles. Their game Battle for Glory Rome is coming to Kickstarter soon. This is a kind of card battling game, strategic combat, inspired by actual historical gladiator events. So you're entertaining audiences in the Roman Empire in armed combat, and it is a card game. Each character has special combat moves. You're collecting gold coins to acquire ancient gladiator weapons. Awesome. We'll talk a little bit more about that during the Kickstarter connection. But before we get there, I wanted to talk about one of the games we played this past weekend. <gasps> okay, let's do which it. It's going to be available really, really soon. It's called Rear Window. Oh, yeah. This is uh, Alfred based off of the Alfred Hitchcock um, movie, Rear Window, which had, uh, what's the guy's famous name? Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, Jimmy Stewart was in that. <laughs> um, and the box cover looks like Jimmy Stewart's looking through the window, looking, watching like the murder about to happen and things like that. So the, I think the box cover does the... It makes it look intriguing. Makes it you're look like, intriguing. oh, I, want, I if you've seen the movie, especially, you're like, yeah, oh, you're yeah. Like, it's very talk. iconic, right? Right. Um, I will. So Melissa and I have played this probably four times now. Um, so we played it different... Uh, maybe the same number of player. Anyway, we played this number of times now. Um, basically, one person is playing as Alfred Hitchcock, the director. Everyone else is playing as the Watchers, and they're basically trying to figure out what p- person people are in the different apartment rooms. And it's laid out with four different apartments. And there's also each person has an associated like characteristic, like an artist or a photographer or. Lots of different things. And throughout the game, the director is trying to give clues to the watchers to get them to guess what people are in each of the apartments and what are the characteristics in those apartments. And basically they're playing um, cards, sort of um, 
Kind of mm-hmm. like a Mysterium. Or Obscurio. Where the director has eight cards. They is the director play. Alfred Hitchcock? Is that? Oh, yeah. And that's what your role is in the game? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jonah said that on our news episode the other day. If you haven't watched our like Today Show, you should right. check it out because we talk about all the new hot games that are coming yeah. out. And he said that, and I was like, "Wait, Hitchcock's not in the movie." But okay, He's now I'm following. Now okay, I got gotcha. you. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, the director is placing out cards, but they have to play eight cards, and they only have eight cards in their hand, Ooh, so they tight. may or may not be super helpful. And there's like shadows in the cards, and colors in the cards, and people on the cards, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, not like Dixit cards, not like super fanciful. It's more like you're looking into the different apartments and you're seeing the people there. The game has a little bit of a mastermind feel to it. Ooh, me in. So once the watchers make their guess and we put tokens out on the board to say, I think this person is in apartment A and they're the pianist. Then after we make all those guesses, the director... Tells us how many are right, but not which ones are right. So, and it goes for four days maximum until we get them all right or lose. So you can kind of logically deduce, oh, we had four right the first day. Oh, now we only have three right the second day. (laughs) We (laughs) did the wrong things. There's two twists to the game. One big twist is instead of um, the characteristic being, oh, I'm an artist or that person's an artist. It could be an actual action. It could be like this person is arguing with another person or this person is playing a game with this other person. So it makes it a, even a, a step harder because not only are you thinking, oh, is that person, are there two people in that apartment? And what are they doing? So it makes that's another step of difficulty that can be added into the game. They don't recommend you doing the first game. If you played it, you could handle it. Um, the second sort of twist is there's this murder token that gets thrown in to uh, the other tokens that get mixed in. So there could be a murder in one of the apartments, but no one knows but the director. Oh. And then at, by the end of the game, you're supposed to be like, I have no idea what's happening in the apartment. Maybe that's what's happened. Maybe there is a murder that has happened. So yeah, that's sort of the connection to the, to the movie. So normally it's fully cooperative and the director wants you to get everything unless there's the murder token. And then the director wants you to get six or seven of, <laughs> or maybe just a maximum. You have to get at least six right out of the eight, but not guess the murderer. So they can't like completely throw you off of everything. They still need you to get a fair number of that's things. A good right. balance. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would say it's not super, super heavy. No, it's a mass market game. I think you're going to get this at target. I think it's going to be easy to pick up. People are going to understand it pretty quickly. Um, I would say, oh, how thematic is it? Sure, it makes sense thematically. You're looking at different apartments. The mastermind thing is cool. I would say, though, the connection to the movie itself, I mean, that whole mystery around, like, Jimmy Stewart, like, he's, like, trying to figure out, like, trying to figure out the deduction of the mystery of, like, the murder. I I find that very, I find that lacking in the game itself. A little thin. A little thin. Um, But that's just me. But I enjoyed my plays of it. It just... I'm just trying to say, like, how thematic of a game is it connected to the movie? It's there, but just loosely. Gotcha. So if we're jumping in with games to talk about before we get to Kickstarters, oh, I sure. did want to talk about <gasps> Connect Team. Oh, yeah. Talk about <laughs> Connect Team. Will. That was super fun. We played that on our Saturday morning board game show this past month. Uh, going into it, Kevin was like, you're going to enjoy this game. 
And he was right. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It is like uh, the game Medium a little bit where you are trying to do kind of word association with one other person. The thing that I actually enjoyed most about the game is you have a hand of cards that you are playing in turn order and you're kind of building out the clues uh, each person's contributing to it. So you're playing random words like cinema or jungle or festive and you're determining which groupings of words you're trying to build that association for so you start off with cinema and in your mind you're thinking like okay this is going to be some kind of movie you know obviously and then the next person puts on fantasy oh, okay now we've narrowed it down to fantasy movie and then the next person throws on one other word a girl or something right and now you're like oh okay i think i've, I've honed in on it i don't know what girl is but it could be like frozen or mulan oh there we go like, right so or, hopefully you get it to the point where it's like obvious like oh this is definitely like, like ice with it or something then it'd be like right right exactly we did that with uh tree festive colorful or whatever we were like christmas we're, we're going for christmas and it's surprising i enjoyed how satisfying it was to like oh this clue is the one piece that was missing and when i put this on here now we all definitely know mm-hmm. what the word is but you guys didn't correct <laughs> you, barely, you barely scored it all no we did terrible on the show but sarah and i did go back and play it later with some other friends what were you gonna say melissa oh i was gonna say yes when we played it on the saturday morning board game show for june it kind of question <laughs> but we were close in a lot of them like melissa and i one of them was about fire breathing and anim- like animals or something all oh, right like one of or not fire breathing but it was like fire animals fantasy or something and we we're like i thought a phoenix melissa thought a dragon and every and those were the two those that the everybody two else at the table thought like, that's pretty close yeah think about it. i was 50 50 i should have gone phoenix since i knew i was doing it with you uh, <laughs> and we had just gone to see the harry potter reading your audience or your teammates is key in it for sure uh, but I just, I did really enjoy in my own brain laying the card down, thinking, oh, this makes it so obvious. There's no way anybody could and guess a different it. word. <laughs> and then the entertainment is over. What? How could you not think of the most obvious answer ever? And then you convince them that your answer was right, even though you don't get any points. Great time. All right, let's jump from here into our Kickstarter conniption. Kickstarter conniption. This episode, we'll be talking about five games coming to crowdfunding platforms the third and or second and third weeks of June 2022. Kevin, start us off. All right, I'm going to talk about the one coming to Kickstarter that Melissa already mentioned as our sponsor of this show, Battle for Glory Rome. Battle for Glory Rome, uh, which is based off of the gladiatorial combat in the Roman Empire. Um, you can play as the, a soldier a beast, a prisoner, uh, an emperor, um, based off of those gladi- gladi- gladiator-, gladi- gladiator events. Sorry. Woo. Gladiatorial or just gladiator. It's fine. Both. Both are fine. Uh, and you have <laughs> each character has like different moves. So there's some asymmetric things going on in the game. You're trying to collect gold coins that you can get weapons and shields and things like that. There's 165 cards in the deck. So lots of variability in the game. I um, mean, it plays pretty fast, about 15 minutes to play. So if that sounds interesting, uh, check out Battle for Glory Rome coming soon to Kickstarter. Melissa, what do you have? On June 16th, I believe, Roxley Games is bringing Skyrise to GameFound or Kickstarter. One of those. I'll check it out. You'll find it. 
one of those main crowdfunding platforms. This is a game for two to four players. It plays uh, in about an hour-ish, maybe a little longer. But basically, you are building a city, lots of sky-rise buildings. We actually just played this tonight, and we will have a playthrough video. I think it's launching on the 14th. Oh, on the 14th, June 14th. We will have a playthrough video where you can see exactly how it plays, but it has an interesting bidding mechanism where each player has buildings with numbers on them. You have small buildings, medium buildings, and a few large buildings. And someone picks a plot of land and places their building out. Maybe it's a 23. The next player can decide that they want to potentially build, and they pick a higher-numbered building from their supply and place it on an adjacent building plot. And there are different types of colors, land masses, white, brown, green, yellow, etc. And you are trying to build in certain places to get points because there's a select collect, set collection aspect. There's also some area control where you're trying to own the islands by having the highest, tallest buildings there. But... Basically, whoever has the winning bid gets to place their building on that plot of land, collect the token that's on there, and everyone else takes their buildings back. And it's very interesting how the bidding basically is snaking around the board to different plots of land, and you can position it to kind of get in a dead end where it automatically ends the bidding and that could be in your favor or if you're not paying attention you can give a great spot to someone else (laughs) Um, you can also kind of like raw you can see the exact numbers that every person has so you know if you have the highest building or you know if you're like oh i'm probably gonna get outbid a bunch i just have to bide my time and then i can swoop in and steal a bunch of little places so it was really interesting. What did you think of it, Will? I mean, I loved it visually. The theme for the game is like you're in this sky city, so you're above the clouds. The base for the game is actually like this 3D printed, I mean, we're looking at prototype components, but this 3D printed mechanical cloud mass that's floating above the earth. And then your buildings are three-dimensional, you know, 3D printed tokens uh, with the number value embedded in the bottom of them and they all you can place them on the board upside down even though some of them have like towers and antennas and different shapes on them uh, so that everybody can see the numbers clearly and then once you're once the round is done and the highest token has been laid then you flip it over then it looks like a building just really really cool table presence uh, especially when you get near the end and you've got 30 cool colorful buildings all over the map like it looked very very cool and I enjoyed getting second place that was pretty good <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed playing it. I played it twice now, and I've enjoyed the gameplay. It reminds me a little bit of Raw, where you are you have a certain limited number of different numbers, um, and you're trying to use those numbers at the right time um, as you're putting them out on the board so that you can win the what they call the bid at that 
for that turn, that round. And of course, if you don't win, that's okay. You get those numbers back, but trying to get it at the right time and also the right place. There was a couple right. times. Trying to, trying, and even if you know you're not necessarily going to get it, like you're kind of determining which direction mm-hmm. that snake, whatever it does, kind of go right, in. Melissa? Yes, there was at least one auction where I put a building out and I didn't want to win it. And then everyone else passed. And I was like, <laughs> oh, uh, what just I happened? Yes, I'm building <laughs> right. here. Right. And then where you're building really does matter because you can start blocking places in so that. When you when someone places a new building on, there's no one else can add to it, so you automatically win that region, which I find very intriguing. Like the 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 way of doing that, right? It's, Strategically it's yeah. placing it so that you're mm-hmm. getting a really good deal on a plot. You know, I'm using my two building, but I got this perfect spot of land. Yeah, I didn't ever pull that off, but it looked really good when you guys did it. <laughs> yeah, and then not only do you have the different types of land, but they have random tokens on them. And sometimes you're like, I really want that type of land, but I don't want that token. Because mm-hmm. if you get too many of a token, it actually reduces your point value. Right, Will? Correct. It costs you the game. <laughs> so probably, probably does cost the game. If you want to see a playthrough of Skyrise, check it out on our channel this week. All right, and that's Skyrise from Roxley. Ryan, what are you looking at? Coming June 15th from Phalanx Games is Brett Walda. Brett Walda is apparently an old Anglo-Saxon word for broad ruler or wide ruler. It's kind of like the high king. And the idea is you are fighting to be the high king of Britain. There are several pretenders to the throne, but only one can gain it. So uh, you have your units and your uh, realm and you're developing your army and your lands to be able to uh, fight your opponents. But uh, each season, different things happen. So in the, in the spring, it's kind of easy. But come summer, the uh, Scandinavian Danes come in, the Viking-like Danes. They invade, and you have to withstand their invasion. Then in the autumn, you can try to bribe the Danes and the other neutral factions to kind of fight for you. But then winter comes, and you have to to feed your forces, and you go through this cycle over and over until ultimately somebody wins. There are different um, dalks on the board. This is like an amulet or coin-type token that you're trying to achieve. Some of the different regions have these inherent to them, but you can also earn them through secret objective cards that you have, and by eliminating your opponent's Um, You can get ahead as well. The game ends after 12 rounds or when one opponent is eliminated and whoever has the most Dalks or if somebody ever gets to the the limit on how many Dalks are available. So it's like five to eight depending on the number of players. So we have a playthrough of this coming up this uh, week as well. So stay tuned for that. June 15th, Brett Walda. Will, what do you got? I'm looking at the game Midnight Murder Mysteries coming from Multi Faces Edition. This is a one to five player um, mystery solving cooperative puzzle game where uh, players are going to be working together on the deck of a cruise ship in order to determine murder like thingies. 
What? <laughs> Scenarios. Scenarios. That's a good word. Uh, this is the second edition of the game. They released a version of it, I think, in uh, French, I want to say. And this is the, the second edition game. So this is being brought to the U.S. through Kickstarter. Uh, there's a number of different campaigns in the game. Uh, probably some of that will depend on uh, stretch goals and things like that. But it's basically you're looking at three decks of a cruise ship and there's tons and tons of different rooms you can go to. There's tons and tons of different characters that are in those rooms that you're talking to. And you are moving around as a team trying to decipher what's going on in these different locations. And while you are all trying to solve it together, obviously you can only share information at certain times. And so everybody's kind of spending their actions to go in different directions and trying to talk to different characters and learn different pieces of information. Um, I think we did a playthrough of this a little while back, so it should be on our channel already. And in the game, the the puzzles I thought were actually really good. Now I'm not I don't play a thousand Sherlock Holmes games like Kevin and Melissa. Were you guys part of that playthrough? I don't remember if you guys played that one or not. We did not. Um, I thought it was really interesting because I feel like in a lot of Sherlockian ones, I don't know why, but I feel like I'm just like reading multiple pages of a newspaper or a manual is what it feels like a lot of the times in those games. Uh, in this game, you were like okay, I can only get this far on this turn and I gotta. I want to talk to this guy, but he's in this room and now I'm going to get to the second deck and now I can kind of get this information. And so you were kind of running around trying to be intentional about where you were going and how you were collecting those clues uh, and then how do we share the information so that we can figure it out in time and get the best score. Um, I, I thought it was really interesting. There were lots and lots of characters in it. I feel like a lot of times you play some games and there's only like four or five people to talk to even in like Chronicles of Crime where you have the digital app and there's, you know, cool cards and interactive stuff. I, I felt like this one was a little broader maybe than some of the ones that I've played before. I just felt like there was like endless pieces of information that I can get from characters. And it was the type of thing also where if you like if you already talk to this guy and then you come back, then when you talk to this guy the next time you get new information. So really well fleshed out. And obviously because it is a second edition, they've learned a lot probably from the first edition and pulled over a lot of the best parts of it. So if you enjoy those types of murder mystery solving types of games, then definitely check out midnight murder mysteries on Kickstarter. Sarah, you got one as well. What are you looking at? I do. Uh, coming to Kickstarter is globe trotting. This is from road to infamy games or R2I games. And you may be familiar with them because they also published canvas which was out recently. Um, in Globe Trotting, you are trying to take the best vacation around the world. And so you are traveling and staying under budget. And uh, while you do so, which we Kevin. Talk about that. Did you guys pull that off? Was that a, <laughs> do you know anything about that? Uh, so there are several different ways to gain points in the game. Um, you have a bucket list that you're trying to complete those objectives and you have travel buddy goals, which you will score based on what your neighbors have, have visited. Um, and you can try and coordinate plans with them. And then there are some global objectives that everybody is working on as well. Um, the part that's interesting to me is everybody has their own little, um, globe. It looks like those, um, old timey massive um floor globes that are like three foot across those like giant ones that's what it looks like it's on a standard and everyone has one and it calculates 
their Everyone gets fare. a three-foot globe yeah. in this game? It, the the uh, prototype components, it looks, it's built like that. It's not like a classroom globe that you, it has a little stand and a curve to hold the ball. Um, it's It has a, like a floor mount to it. Is what okay. it it's like gotcha. those type of... Is this a cardboard token or is it No, a, it, I mean, it is cardboard, but it's... Um, spherical? Yeah, it's huh. spherical. All right, so, I'm excited. I don't and know it, has, <laughs> it has a little... Um, component attached to it that rotates around it three-dimensionally so you can track your airfare where you're going on these All trips. All right, cool. Oh, Sounds isn't cool. it dry erase? So you're actually writing on it with a dry erase yeah. marker. What? Yes, it looks really cool. I'm very interested to see how this turns out. Um, so anyway, that is globe trotting, and uh, you're working your way trying to Go where you want on the map to complete all your goals. So that is coming to Kickstarter June 14th. Excellent stuff. All right. So I think we are to the portion of the show where I talk about the one game I'm anticipating for the spring. And then Kevin and Melissa tell us about the 15 that I should be anticipating. What about the summer? I mean, because we've got time for summer. It's summer. (laughs) (laughs) So before I jump in with mine, Ryan, do you have any games you're anticipating? Or should I jump in? Uh, I was going to say Thunderstone Quest Deepwood Defenders, but it's actually next summer. Oh, no. <laughs> the anticipation He's is like, strong. It's a summer. <laughs> well, it's next May, so next late spring. Late spring. Yeah. So, really long summer. I, I backed it on game. Kickstarter. Okay. And I'm looking forward to it. Oh, I'm looking for Everdale to arrive someday, but I don't know when that's coming. Everdell or Dale? Everdell. Whichever one you want to call it. Uh, the other game that I'm actually looking forward to that is coming out this summer is. Green Team wins. Yes. From 25th Century Games. Right. I've played the prototype a number of times now. Probably 50 times. I'm not Um, joking. At least 50 times. Tell Larry to pick up a copy. Oh, it's on his list. It's a required activity for Larry at Origins this week. Are you getting the fanny pack too? Uh, If he brings it home, I won't complain. (laughs) Have you guys had a chance to play it? Oh, yeah. Well, I have at Tantrum Con. Okay. I have not played it. So, um, Chad from 25th Century's. Actually, I think, I I don't know if this is 100% true, but I got a text from him that I think implies this. I think we were the first people to play test it. We were the first people (laughs) to play Oh, I'm claiming it. At Southern Pride Gaming Expo in 22 years ago, whatever year that was. 2020. Was it 2020? I feel like it was. No. Uh, Uh, He busted out a prototype of this. He literally... I think it was 2021. Okay. That makes sense. That would only make it a year. He said it was two years ago. (laughs) I don't know. I have no idea. He scribbled out on paper... Like the categories for it, and we played a round of it. Yes, and this is from the designer of Medium. Yes, okay. and uh, had a blast with it. Played it all night long. The next day, uh, I think it was Bob Crawwell from One Board Family was like inventing new categories. He was like, "You guys, we have to play this again tonight." Yes. I wrote down it, twenty new yes. <laughs> questions. We're play testing it again. We played it all that night as well. I've played it at I think every, every convention, convention I've been to since then. Because he's had a new version. In addition to that, I have people that like aren't necessarily in the industry, but have played with us at some of these events. And then they're like, Sarah, do you have the prototype? I don't actually. Well, then can you just come up with questions right now so we can play? I guess I'll like use these random bits from these other games and I'll just on the spot come up with stuff cool. and we play for hours. It's, it's a, great. It's a beautifully simple concept. It does remind me of Herd Mentality. It does. I mean, there are three or four other games out there that have similar mm-hmm. um, mechanics. But the I think scoring is different. Oh, yeah. I think the, even the gameplay is different in the way the green team wins. Right. 
Whereas her mentality doesn't have that. Right. Yeah. But I think it's, it's, it's the closest The questions one. are similar. You might be able to pull right. just like the, What things. it feels like is like you're trying to get the answer that everyone else is right. sort of. Guess what the majority guesses to keep staying on the green team to keep winning. But I think the way that happens throughout the game makes it a totally different game. Yeah. It's been, it's been fun to see the progress on it, to have imaginations of what it was going to look like, and then to see it actually out uh, in finished form. Looks great. I, I hope he does really well with it. For those of you who don't know, we also have a secret Facebook Messenger group that we have been working on additional content for this game for months. And just randomly someone will come up with a new question for cards. And we're trying to make some more that are specifically board game themed and not just... Like hobby related, targeted. Some of the ads running on Facebook say that there is a promo pack there or are. expansion. So that's, that's what that, we've been, uh, been working Tantrum on. Tantrum House and other content creators have been working on. Yes. Yeah. Some of them are going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> the questions are, are hilarious. A game that's recently come out that people have gotten back because they backed it, but is going to be available for retail now or soon that will be available at origins is foundations of rome do you remember yes. playing this i do yeah About that's years also ago. a beautiful <laughs> yeah. yeah beautiful game as well uh high high sky rise what's wrong with that tonight Skyrise kind of remind like visually had a little similarity to right. that. The, Foundations of Rome's from Arcane Wonders. Um, if you're not familiar with the game itself, basically, um, it's very very simple in the mechanics in that you are basically getting different plots of land on a main game board and then getting your buildings onto those plots of land, trying to get the right the best spot available. There's different ways of getting points and money and basically that will hopefully get you points as well. So, Well, a game, maybe this is cheating a little bit, but it's a game that just recently came out, so within the last week or two, made it to stores, and that is the Guild of Merchant Explorers Mm -hmm. from AEG. And this is a game that we featured on our channel with a viewpoints video, so a bunch of us gave our opinions on the game. But it is similar to a flip and write game where everyone is getting the same information and has their own board, different um, identical maps. There are lots to choose from, but everyone plays the same map of different islands and regions. But instead of actually writing on the board like you would in a roll and write, you're placing tokens to show where you have journeyed and where areas that you have discovered And certain pieces will stay on the board from round to round and other ones will come off. So if you can explore off to the other side of the map on a later round, you can then start over there instead of having to start in the central area again. And I've really enjoyed that game. There's some asymmetric cards that give you special things that you can do when they're drawn. And I think that's the real key to the game. Normally, you're just placing, oh, two cubes on desert land or two cubes on grassland, but then your special card comes up and you're like, I can put out five things and Mm -hmm. I can go on oceans and mountains. And it's just really cool seeing how everyone's board is super different by the end of the game. Yeah, I had a coworker approach me for game recommendations. She buys board games for each of her kids each Christmas, and uh, she's already in the market trying to figure out what she's going to do this year. And I was like, 
Guild of the Merchant Explorers. It's Melissa's game of the year. <laughs> I will admit that when you guys did the uh, viewpoints video, I hadn't played the game yet, so I was just using, doing, shooting the video while you guys were talking. And Melissa was so excited about it that I was like, "Okay, I gotta actually play this one." <laughs> so I did pull it out, and me and Jonah and Chantel played it, and yeah, it's very enjoyable. I like the, I don't. There's got to be a name for like that linking thing that happens in Rolling Rights. I don't know what that's really called. Chaining. Chaining, I guess, is what we're calling it. Um, I feel like a lot more games are incorporating that experience. I don't feel like that was a thing that was happening like 10 years ago, uh, but it's very enjoyable. Like when you unlock the thing that unlocks the thing that gives you the thing that moves you to the thing, like that's a great roll and write discovery. And this one's not a, a right. I guess it is a right. Um, so I don't know. I, it has good feelings. Good feels. One that I am interested in that's coming this summer from Smirk and Laughter or Smirking Dagger. Um, it is called Boop. Yes, I heard about Boop. this at Tantrum Con. Love it. Yes. Boop. <laughs> B-O-O-P. Uh, this is a, a cat game. It's a cat game. It's a two-player only game. It's very cute looking. I think it'll be, I think it'll, people will talk about it. The name is fun. Mm-hmm. The theme is fun. I don't know how long it'll stay around, but I think it'll definitely, you'll hear about it, I think, this summer. Um, and it is um, supposedly a very strategic game in that you're, I was going to say, what is the theme? The theme is you're placing cats on on a bed, and you're booping them off. Um, it's a two-player nice. only game, so it's supposedly um, a sequel. I not a sequel, a successor to Shobu. So, oh, really? All right, <laughs> interesting. Very... Shobu is an abstract strategy game right. that uses rocks and rope, right. and, and it's beautiful. This is the like complete opposite. Complete opposite. In that, although it is two-player, I think it's going to be very strategic. In that the bed is made up of a grid and you're basically placing your the cats on these different spots on the bed trying to get more of your cats on them than the other player so um deceptively cute deceivingly challenging is what the uh, sort of tagline all is. right that sounds so, like a great tagline that is boop from kurt covert deceptively challenging have you guys played arc nova I still have not played Ark Nova. It's on my want to playlist. It's a great game. We had an opportunity to play that with Larry. Not oh, you were there too, Ryan. Yeah, you played partially. some of it. Yeah, well, it is a yeah. long game. It's deceptively long. <laughs> it is deceptively long. It was a learning game for us. So, yeah. so still long. <laughs> yeah, we started at nine, or maybe a little before nine, and um, I left at eleven, and I had. I had this. This is the uh, middle of a work day. Yeah. yeah. There was. <laughs> 9 p.m., by you, the way. You draw like four or five cards. I think it's four cards at the very beginning. And I was like, okay, I don't know anything about this game, but my goal is to play this one card. And I got to the <laughs> point at 11 o'clock where I saw being able to play that card in the near future, but I realized it was going to be like three or four rounds still before I was going to be able to lay it down. And I was like, I got to go. Sacrifice. So tired. It was another hour and a half after yeah. that. Yeah. With one yeah, fewer did. player. It's a, it's a long game. There's a lot of thinking going on in the game. One of the coolest parts about the game is that you are scoring on two different tracks, and those tracks overlap each other at the end of the board. And at the end of the game, your final score is actually like the difference of your score between the two scores. So even though you've moved your token 100 times, at the end of the game, you might have seven points. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was interesting. It's like ecology or green movement cards or something. But um, throughout the game, you have the chance to play 
some of these cards out and um, you you take your position on them based on what you have on the board, but then that is bonus point opportunity for other players. They have to try to meet the same card, um, but they, they can exceed or maybe get one of the smaller spaces that you didn't take. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, a lot of different tracks that you're moving up and down on, you're trying to kind of keep them. You, it's one of those games where you can't just like dominate in one area. you got to kind of move everything a little bit at the same time, but you also can't do all the things like you're actually limited on cards and abilities. And so there's no way you can do all of them. You got to kind of hope you pick the right thing at the right time. Uh, and then it's also got the whole uh, like wingspan thing where all the cards have information about animals and locations and stuff. And so there's plenty of opportunity to learn things. And uh, the, the theme for it is just really rich on the information side, which is kind of neat. Yeah. At the very beginning, I drew four monkey cards. That's what it was. I was like, I'm going to play all four of these monkey cards. You're going to dominate monkeys. And then it came out where I couldn't play one of them. And then I look over, you know, at 11 o'clock, I still haven't played my fourth monkey card. Will's doing better at monkeys than I am. How is this possible? This has been what I've been focusing on this whole time. But I just, I hadn't diversified enough. He had had broadened his horizons. Well, guess what, Ryan? I had a hand that had... Three reptiles, and there's the reptile enclosure that you can build. And I was like, perfect. These don't even count towards your limit of how many animals you can fit in the reptile enclosure. I'll work this whole time. And then Larry sabotaged us all halfway through, (laughs) and I ended up having to wait a couple extra rounds to be able to get the enclosure because he had limits. On, we had like snake attacks or I don't even remember what it was. They something stealing ha- our cards. I yeah, something happened either. and we couldn't play certain things. And I got towards the end and I was like, Larry has more reptiles than I do. What is going on? Yeah, the way your, your <laughs> like actions not, Yeah, not cycle. that you're necessarily trying to compete with each other on certain animals, but like... I was like, oh, I got all these that are similar. They all work together. I should play them all. And then, like, I look over and Larry's doing the same thing. Yeah, the way your actions cycle, you take an action and it moves all the actions that you haven't taken up a space so that they're more valuable. So sometimes I would be taking an action just as a throwaway action to make my other actions worth more. And I'm finding I'm making more points on these throwaway (laughs) actions than the ones I'm actually trying to take. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of different mechanics in that one. Uh, They all work pretty well together. It is a pretty meaty game, but it was a good time. Arc Nova. Another one I'm interested in is called Acropolis. This is originally from Gigamic, but coming to the United States from Hatchet Games. This is for two to four players. And it says it plays in 20 to 30 minutes. So... Like, it plays fast, and it looks really interesting. Um, It's a building, a tile-laying building game where you are trying to unlock different districts and build on higher levels, and your values get better and better. Um, The values of the districts get better and better as you build on higher levels. So it sounds interesting to me, and I believe a review copy is coming soon. Mm. I think I saw a post from UK Games Expo where this game actually won a few awards. It might have been Family Game. I, I forget, but I, I did see something on social media about that. Theme looks cool. Gameplay looks cool. I'm interested in trying it out. So yeah, fun. Anybody else got anything else? Or should we end the episode that we talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi? Let's do it. Thank you guys for listening. Have some fun. Hang around if you want to hear about Kenobi. Here we go. Up to episode three. Bye. 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 <laughs> 
Thanks for listening to the Tantrum House Board Game Podcast. If you liked any part of this at all, find and follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and tantrumhouse.com. Like us, share us, email us, call us, or send us a postcard to Tantrum House, 306 Berry Drive, that's B-A-R-R-Y, Greer, South Carolina, 29650. It's been a while since we've gotten a postcard. Somebody needs to get on that postcard action. And, and Mark's, Mark Spector was in London. Oh, he did not send us one from London. No <gasps> London postcards, While Mark. you were there? Get out of here. He was there a few weeks before us. <laughs> okay. I guess we didn't send a postcard from London either. Oh, that is true. We're not going to talk about that. We thought about sending a postcard, but we didn't. It would have been cool. I attempted to send postcards when we went to Essen, and it was rather difficult to find the time available to get stamps to send it mm. while I, like we were busy during daytime hours when right. I could get stamps. So I bought some postcards and I'm going to give oh, them I to my father because he likes them, but yeah. I'm not going to mail them. When we were in Scotland, I don't, we kept looking for stamps and couldn't find them. And we kept looking for mailboxes. The first time we saw one was in Edinburgh, airport as we were leaving well, <laughs> did you mail them all from there <laughs> we never found stamps those oh, well, oh. speaking of people with british accents are we talking about that a little obi-wan kenobi how about that oh, there you go. <laughs> do you like that time uh so episode three we've watched have we talked about it we haven't talked about it at all i don't think on the show any of them so i mean ryan the floor is yours give us the overall on obi-wan kenobi i've One, been two, pleased i haven't been wowed I like think. you were wowed with mandalorian right yeah. First season. The first season. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like, there's there's lots of little bits in, in it that you're like, oh, you know, that's uh, Ellen McGregor's daughter right there. And then uh, it plays oh, as the, an actress. The drug dealer. Oh, okay. They hand him some spice. <laughs> nice. And uh, Leia has the, the droid Lola because apparently Carrie Fisher, as a young girl, had a bird named Lola. Oh, get out yeah, of here. A little see Robin or something. And it sort of looked bird-like. And then there's hints to the expanded universe. He's like, oh, Quinlan Voss has been in this. Who? Uh, one of the. In the shack universe, in the. Uh, Jedi. Hiding um, locations. From the, the novels. And, and um, I think he appears in the Clone Wars cartoons a little bit. Yeah, I mi- I definitely miss most of those things. Yeah. However, my kids were on it because they were like, "That dude's from the Rebels. That guy's oh, I don't know, I know the Inquisitor." So as soon as they see him, it's definitely peppered with that sort of stuff, nostalgia and little in right items, cartoons, a, books, a few, video games. Yeah, um, not guest appearances, but cameos, cameos. Yeah, but I don't know that the story itself has been amazing yet. One thing I have appreciated is. Um, there's been some violence. <laughs> like, wait, wait, you've appreciated this? That was one thing I had uh, sh- with the sequels where someone would be hit with a lightsaber and it's like, it, like he could have been hit with a baseball bat. There right. wouldn't have been much difference. <laughs> and then, you know, you also see the lightsaber cut through a tree. You know, that's right here. Uh, a stormtrooper has fallen on a laser fence and, and chopped in half. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I got you. I and got you. Uh, they... They don't – I appreciate um, – they might be going a little bit too far with Vader so far. I haven't seen what else they're going to do with them. But 
I think almost in our culture, Vader has been portrayed more as like an anti-hero instead of a villain. And he, that's, I don't, I think that's a wrong move. I think he should be portrayed as a villain through and through. And so our first appearance of Vader He's just brutal. Yes, he yeah, was brutal. Killing people left and right that don't the deserve it. The neck snap? Yeah. What is happening? Yeah. So I appreciate that they're going the villain route with him so Make far. Make him the ultimate villain. He definitely villain. needs to be portrayed as a villain. He's not somebody to exemplify. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no you will. I, I've enjoyed it a lot. I mean, I do like Ewan McGregor. First off, I think he does a great job. And I like the settings. I like the, oh, he's got the Obi-Wan Kenobi outfit on like he is Obi-Wan. Um, so I've enjoyed the sceneries and the sets. I've really enjoyed Vader's castle thing. Like, it's very cool looking. It's tall and pointy, and it's like... I mean, this, like his... Like I don't Citadel know what it's called. Something. Yeah, his uh, Fortress you, of Solitude. The, the Azkaban, Azkaban in the middle of the... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whatever it is, it's cool looking. And then they like cut. I think they've done a really good job with the videography, like the the flavor of it, because they cut from the exterior shot. Then they cut to like the interior shot, and it's like this chair is shaped the same way, and as the structure. Yeah, and then they like cut to Vader's face, and it's like all black with like two red lines on it. Then they cut to him in his chair, and for whatever reason, his room also has two giant red lines in it. Like lots of just visual play stuff. It's really beautiful. I don't know who's doing the set design and things, but I've enjoyed that. My only two complaints so far are, first off, I love the meme that I saw today. Uh-oh. I don't know what the kid's name is, but there's like that black kid who does the like hand flop. Have you seen those? Oh, yeah. <laughs> So the the shot was where they're at that laser gate, right. and they're like, "How are we ever yeah. going to get around this laser <laughs> gate?" And so the the meme is like the kid standing just to the left of it, and he's like, "Walk over here!" Like, yeah, like so perfect. Because awesome. he didn't drive the transport through it, right? Like if you're just going to go we around it, the same thing. What? Kate and I were just like, I thought he was going to drive that thing, what? right? Why did he even? You just had to, you had to walk just through. Walk around. We've seen an aerial shot. There's plenty of room. <laughs> he's a Jedi. Like, right. it's, not, it's not an obstacle. <laughs> it's not even that high. Right. Jump over. Ten minutes. Um, he can literally walk over. Yeah. Oh, the meme was so perfect. You nailed it on the yeah, meme. I do like that. Uh, the other thing I had an issue with was, what is up with those tunnel, tunnel systems? Because... I didn't mind that. Like, yeah. The little girl can't... They stop in the middle. She makes it to the end. The other lady beat her there. The other other lady walked around outside, found a hill to hide on. Like I was so confused, but I want to see the 3D map of where this is happening. I didn't mind it. I kind of figured that the girl, Leia, took a long time, and the third sister, which I honestly, every time they say it, I mean, I understand like what it is like, but they kept saying it over and over again. (laughs) Like I know she's a third sister. I know who she is. Figured out. Right. You don't but even say like a person's name. Right. I know. But even that, you don't say people's it's names like, that often. Like, it seemed like a sister, lot. Third sister. Okay, third sister. I'm like, okay. I got it. At least um, that one guy needs to stop saying it. Right. He's, he's got voices. <laughs> the, um, the running, the, I think it was the first episode. When, when she, did she get kidnapped the first episode? Or is it the second episode? Anyway, when she gets kidnapped, she's running away. And she's running through the market. Yeah, yeah. Right? I'm like, look, the guy's like two feet behind her. <laughs> right. Like, How did literally he not? He reach his hand out and grab her. <laughs> and she's like running really fast. And he's like, oh, there's a piece of cloth in my way. Right. I Same thing happened in the woods, too. Like, she's yeah, like running around like, a tree. And he's like, oh, I could have grabbed you, but I didn't. <laughs> I understand. It's, it's the force. <laughs> oh, that's right. 
protection. I was like, ah, this, it was a little too, I don't know, just too fake. Yeah. I think they could have made that a little bit more real somehow. I, I, I'm I sure. Um, yeah. They portray her as having like keen insight because she grows up to be Leia. Right. And then she just asks the most stupid <laughs> questions at the worst times. Like, you're in... Danger, peril. Come on, quit asking. Yeah, stop wasting time. Get to safety. The other one was at the end of the third episode when Darth Vader is there with the fire in the middle of the whatever stone. Fire goes out. (laughs) They're on the other side of the fire. Fire comes up, and they just look at each other. How can we ever get around this? Force him over. (laughs) No. So yeah, he causes the fire. He causes the fire to go out. The fire starts again, and he doesn't put it out again. He's like totally chill. This it has to be a part of his plan. That's all I can. Right. <laughs> There's so it many solutions to still get him because it's it's not like he's surrounded by fire either. It's a wall of fire, and we've already established that he's I a guess Jedi. It's hard to walk around. Do whatever stuff. he wants. He like, forced. He already forced. What's his face through the fire? Right. Right. This is a man, or more machinery than man. Right. Uh, who has flown a Tie Fighter from the outside? With his lightsaber at the ready, through like an underground temple. We've seen this in Clone Wars. Like but he, maybe is the he hasn't done it yet. Of the Force, has he done it? I'm he has. Yeah. Sure Pre- he, he has. was Anakin. Yeah. Okay. Well, this as Darth Vader. Oh, okay. So like he's you know over the top extreme Force use and something we've already seen him able to extinguish prevents him from. <laughs> yeah, the, I did feel like I was okay with the timing on that one because I did feel like his goal was I just want to torture Obi Wan a little bit. Let him know that I'm going to ruin his life from here on out. So it was almost like he was like, oh, I'll let you get away today because I'm going to hunt you down tomorrow. It's my kind sport. Kind of like a cat playing with a right, mouse. Right, exactly. But I definitely agree. Like, <laughs> oh, no, fire. What? I, even with all those little inconsistencies, I've still enjoyed it's a It's an enjoyable right. watch. It's like, oh. Same. I, yeah. So one thing I, my biggest question is invaders, office lair, whatever you want to call it. What's with all of the lightsabers oh. around the room? I Did anybody else part. catch that? No, I that? The whole wall is covered in lightsabers. Oh, it's probably all the dead Jedi. It is, 100%. Yeah. All the younglings that the he younglings did. The younglings he killed. Yeah. And they're yeah. all like trophies. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I, I'm not bothered by this in Star Wars or any movie that I watch, but I love how all villains in all movies sit on like a rock hard throne surrounded by rocks. And iron. And I'm like, man, your life must be really uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) They never have like comfortable chairs or whatever. It's always like lots of steps and uncomfortable everything. Uh, I am enjoying it. The only person I know that has not done that has been Loki. Mm -hmm. Loki comes back and he's taking the form of his father and and has has women feeding him grapes (laughs) while he's on a. Comfy couch watching the play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. True That's things. about the only time. But he wasn't actually, I mean, he was the ruler, but not really. Mm-hmm. All right, Ryan. So give us some predictions. What are we yeah, going to see? What are we going to see in the next Wait, couple of episodes? It's only six episodes, right? It's, right. It's kind of short. I'm hoping we see Liam Neeson. Me too. Yes. Qui-Gon. Yes. Because they've, they've they keep emphasized saying it. Yeah. him trying to reach out to him. And elsewhere, they've... Um, reported that Qui-Gon is going to return for, I think, that Tales of the Jedi 
computer animated series. Mm. So he's already on board for other Star Wars projects. He he should appear in this. That's what I feel like. I'd also like to see some of the like expanded universe. Well, maybe it's not called expanded. I'd like to see Quinlan Voss. That'd be cool. Okay. Or um, I think one of the other names in that room was Caleb Doom or whatever his name is from the Star Wars Rebels show. I'd like to see some of those other figures. I wouldn't like to see Ahsoka again. We just keep seeing her and stuff. Like show show some of the other cool characters that we we know from this time period. Um, but predictions, I have no idea. So, okay, so <laughs> we know that Luke doesn't know who Ben Kenobi is, right? Until Episode Four, right? Yeah, right. So, what do you think is going to be the interplay between those two characters? Will there be any, or will I don't know. I don't think so. Okay, I, I, I think, think it's gonna, I think it's going to focus on Leia. Okay. I think because in episode four we see Luke with a T sixteen Skyhopper toy, mm-hmm. they are going to bring it back. Right. And he's gotta give the toy to him somehow. Uncle Owen is going to be more chill about um Obi Wan being there. But I don't Do you think, think he has to save to Oh, does he have to save the uncle from the third sister? Is she coming back? Oh, uh, I don't know. She's like, I told you I was gonna kill you and now I'm gonna kill you and then Obi Wan has to save him. I, I just think they're going to resolve their relationship to some extent. I want to know how many more Star Wars series can have an old guy protecting a baby thing and just traveling around for every episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess it does. I kind of hope that they that Leia gets home safe and then Obi's onto something new because I don't want them to just take care of the childling for the rest of the movie. <laughs> So you mentioned a meme earlier that you saw. I saw another meme this week that I thought was hilarious. It was, I think it's the Sarlacc. Is that the the pit, pit thing? Uh, yeah. They, somebody had made a ball pit as a Sarlacc. They filled its mouth with a kid's ball pit, and there were, like, stormtroopers standing around it, like, figuring out. Throwing kids just, into it? No, no okay. they were, like, <laughs> you were wondering, like, is one of them going to jump in the ball pit? That would be funny. Good stuff. All right. Well, cool. We'll uh, we'll have more opinions and and Ryan's accurate predictions in a future mm-hmm. episode. We'll see. <laughs>